I was somewhat joking with a friend the other day when I told her that I feel more bipolar now than I ever have. And I know that's not something to joke about, but I feel like I can actually say that because I was diagnosed with bipolar at 23. But seriously, this year has been all over the place and it's made the most sane person feel crazy. When the coronavirus first hit the U.S., I felt like I had good weeks and bad weeks. And then about midway through the year, I felt like it turned into good days and bad. And now I literally feel like every moment of every day is up and down. Like I'm on a roller coaster and just like my teens when I was diagnosed with depression, nothing tragic has really happened to warrant these emotions. And I know that there are so many people worse off than I am. And with that, I'm reminded that my mental health will always be a challenge for me. But now more than ever, over the last six months, I've really had to put into practice everything that I've learned, everything that has worked for me over the past 20 plus years to now keep me in a mostly healthy state. So if you haven't listened to the very first episode of this podcast, you might want to do so, so that this episode makes sense. I'm Megan Armstrong. Welcome to Life Six Feet Above. Six Feet Above was created when I started to share my story of spending 16 years wanting to be six feet under to now living a life full and happy six feet above. The more that I started to talk about my journey, my struggles, and my past, the more I realized people were genuinely interested and not judgmental at all, which is what I'd feared for so long. In fact, other people wanted to talk about their story as well, and for some reason they trusted me to do so. So the Six Feet Above podcast is my way of helping to share other people's stories, finding out what works for them to create a life of happiness. Before we start this episode, I want to let you know it has some explicit language and some very serious subject matter. It may be triggering or sensitive to certain people. Please listen with discretion. I've decided to wrap up season two with a solo cast, which means it's just me on this one. But before I get into my personal struggles and reflection of 2020 so far, Let's start with some statistics. So today is August 27th, 2020. And so far, I've interviewed a total of 20 people on the Six Feet Above podcast. 20 men and women of different color, of different nationalities, and all walks of life. 20 people with different stories, different struggles, and different inspirational ways that they have worked through some of the hardest moments of their lives. You want to know how many people have listened? As of today, 10 p.m. on August 27th, there have been 12,022 downloads, which means these stories have been listened to over 12,000 times. You know what that tells me? It tells me that the world may not be ready to talk about emotions 
or to discuss difficult issues or sensitive subjects, but we are sure ready to listen. And that's a start. That is my why. First off, I want to thank those 20 guests who have been so brave to share their stories, because let me tell you, it is not easy to let your darkest days out there for the world to see. But ask any of those 20 guests, and I guarantee you they will say it has been incredibly healing. And I am honored that they have trusted me to share their stories in the hopes of helping just one other person know that they are not alone. Secondly, there will be a season three. It probably won't launch until 2021, but hey, that's not too far away. My goal for season three is to add this podcast to YouTube, to create an in-home studio where I record video and audio, to build an interactive site to connect with listeners, but most importantly, to keep the authenticity of my guests' stories, struggles, and raw emotion with a little added lifestyle flair. We all have a story. We all have a past. But what we do with it matters the most. And your story lies within your struggle. Lastly, I'm about to get really vulnerable. And if you followed me or you followed my story, you know that I always tell the truth. I'm an open book, and I think that's why people trust me, and that's why people can relate, because years ago, I stopped caring what other people think. And let me tell you, that's incredibly freeing. 22 years ago, I was diagnosed with depression. I wanted to die. For years, I literally prayed to God to just take me in my sleep. I was raised Catholic, and at one point, I stopped believing in God because he never answered that prayer. But now I know. Now I know that he had other plans. For 16 years, I struggled with depression, then bipolar, eating disorders, a ton of shame, guilt, embarrassment, and hatred. I had to learn why those things were showing up in my life in order to address them and change the way I was living because it was exhausting to go on any further the way that I was. It took several years of counseling, therapy, medication, self-help, but most importantly, self-discovery. Because how do you change something if you don't know what is actually happening or why you're feeling that way or what caused it? If we simply blame someone else or we blame the outside world for our circumstances or the way that we feel, then the way that we feel will never change. I saw something on Instagram the other day from a pediatrician about the long-term COVID consequences and how we should be afraid of the psychological effects it has on children. This is what the Instagram post said. 
Kids are now plagued with anxiety and fear. Kids' fears stem from parental fears. Kids do not know how to be afraid unless we, the parents, make them afraid. They interpret the world through our eyes. Kids are, they're already living in a universe that is out of their control. Now their routines and their day-to-day lives are disrupted. This is very difficult for children. Well, no shit. 2020 has been difficult for most humans, regardless of age. And I'm not downplaying the psychological effects on children. Don't get me wrong. But what if, instead of fear, we looked at this as an opportunity? An opportunity to teach our children about how to take control of the things that they can, how to deal with the emotions that arise from the things that they can't. Teach them that emotions are real, that sadness, grief, pain, sorrow, happiness, joy, These are all parts of life and and we're going to have to deal with these emotions until the day that we die, that no one's life is perfect, even if Instagram says so. Of course, we want to shelter our children. We want to protect them from pain and sadness and give them the best lives possible as they grow up. I get that. But Is this just setting them up for failure when they turn into a teenager or enter their 20s and when they're faced with real life issues and raw, real emotions that arise that they've never had practice dealing with before? Are we setting them up for failure? This brings me to my next point. A week ago, I was talking with a friend about how difficult this year has been for all of us. And I told her that I'm actually grateful to have already had practice with a lot of these emotions before. She looked at me confused for a moment and then she said, wow, practice is actually a really good word for it. To be honest, I've fallen back into some old habits that I'm not proud of. And at first, I got really down on myself for letting myself get to that place again. But then I took the advice I always give to others, and that is grace. Have grace and compassion and understanding for yourself and what you're going through. Stop the judgment. Stop the blame because that's not going to make any change. Feel the emotion, let it happen, let it live, let it exist, but then take the steps to make sure it doesn't take over your life completely. Take responsibility, ask for help and do the work. I am grateful that this is not the first time I've dealt with the loneliness, the pain and the sadness that 2020 has brought. Because throughout the last 22 years, I have learned how to cope with these emotions and I've learned what works for me. Granted, I'm still very much a work in progress, but the old me, 
10 years ago would have completely spiraled trying to get through this year. And I won't go as far as saying I'm incredibly happy right now, but I'm coping and I'm moving forward. And if you ask me, that's a win for this year. But for many people, this is the first time in their lives that they're dealing with these heavy feelings and my heart goes out to them. If that's you, I know what it feels like. I know it feels like you're not in control. That maybe you're spiraling with thoughts that you've never had that are very scary and that there is no end in sight. I've been there before. I'm feeling some of those same feelings right now. And I wish I had a quick fix. But I hope by listening to other people's stories, other people's struggles, other episodes in this podcast, I hope that it gives you hope that you will not feel this way forever. I hope these episodes give you concrete examples of what has helped other people get through the worst moments, years, and decades of their lives. And I hope that it inspires you to do the same because you were put on this earth for a reason. And as Andy Dufresne says, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Thank you for listening, for supporting, and for sharing in my venture to bring the Six Feet Above podcast to a bigger, broader platform. Because let's face it, after this year, the world needs this now more than ever. I'll see you in 2021. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Six Feet Above podcast. I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. Subscribe so you never miss another episode as a new episode is released every Tuesday. And if you're enjoying the series, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at six feet above podcast to keep the conversation going and feel free to reach out to me directly at Megstagram 11. This episode is a product of audiographies produced by Megan Armstrong and Denor Sapolia edited by Jacob Smolian and the music is by Keenan Willis funded by yours truly. I'll see you next time.